That's one. It is Saturday, September 25, 25, 25. And it is time for what? The TryGames.net podcast. We're at episode 190, episode 190. Uh, I'm your host, Austin. I am back from a one-week sabbatical during which Al and Pete talked about eating mollusks and vaginas. How was that for you? Tasty. <laughs> Did you notice that Pete forgot to say, um, he forgot to say podcast? Um, no, but I know that you noticed it because you said so, and I haven't found, yeah, whatever. He goes, all right, so welcome to Track Games 189, and I found that hilarious. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, Pete will be joining us soon, as he usually does. He's probably still asleep on his ass, with his hands on his ass, maybe in his ass. Ew. But we are here now. As I said, I'm your host, Austin, but I'm with... Someone who has very, very uh, long honed skills, uh, uh, that's probably terrible English, with guitar, hair, mm. and video hair. Who is that? Not me. I don't know what you're talking about. No? All right, let's move on then. Who am I talking to right now? Me. Who is me? You. Who is you? Me. Who is? I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> What's my name? Hairman. Doggy. Anyway. Uh, I am, what do you call me today? You're going to call me Mr. Gatling today. Why is that? I don't know, just because it's different. That that sounds a little bit private in the bedroom speak. I'm not really not sure really. I'm comfortable no. with that. No, 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 see, no. All right, <laughs> so I'm talking with Alfay Woodard today. Alfay Woodard had start, has starred in such classics as uh, some random ass show on TNT and The Forgotten. Holiday Heart as a crackhead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With with Ving Rhames as a homosexual. Uh, whoa! Wait, that he, oh, he was yeah. also homosexual in um. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Sure was. Yeah, he was. Spoiler alert. He does a good homosexual. Spoilers. But we're not talking about um. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. We're talking about Vidget Games. Alfe, what? what have you been playing? Uh, uh the pop guard didn't work there. Quick. I know. I know. It's real quick. <laughs> uh, I still haven't stopped playing Dragon Quest Nine. Uh, been Jesus. questing and doing grottos and stuff. Um, because I need money to buy stuff from DQVC every day. Um, so I've been playing that. I also finished Metroid Other M, but I would like to go back into it and get all the items because I think that well, there's a plot hole so far, and I'm pretty sure it'll be filled if I get all the items. Like, uh-huh. um, oh, oh, is that the thing that you're talking about where the ending was a little bit bleh? Well, the ending was bleh regardless because the story kind of really... It, the story really sinks in this game. And um, uh, after I finished the game, I was reading reviews and they all kind of agreed that like the plot is um, it's kind of shallow and the cutscenes can't be skipped and sometimes they run kind of overlong. But... I didn't really mind the not being able to skip cutscenes thing because um, I only had to actually see them once. Like, if I saw a cutscene of some sort and then, like, died at a boss fight, I didn't have to go back and then watch the cutscene again. 
it just put me right back in the boss fight. So right. it's not like it's a, you know, it's a big deal. But I assume that like for a second playthrough, if you really wanted to skip cutscenes, it would annoy you. Oh but, yeah. Um, that doesn't really matter to me. But what did matter to me was the fact that there's something unresolved in the game, and like when I, when I first finished the game, I told you, oh, I finished Metroid, and the plot uh break is weak at the end. And then you and then you went, oh wait, there's more game. Right. Basically, they <clears throat> kind of come up with an excuse. It's not really an excuse. It's a good reason, but they come up with an excuse to get you to go back into the game and explore the whole. Uh, place, uh, you know, just almost free reign. But basically, what I did was I was uh, kind of collecting items along the way, but then going to where they wanted me to go. And when I got to where they wanted me to go, I actually finished finished the game. And what's weird about it is that, um, like, it's not really like a great kind of epilogue type of ending. It wasn't really anything that I was like, oh, that was cool. But the final boss, final, final epilogue boss fight was really fucking cool because it, it was, that was my pleasant surprise that I was talking about. And um, I almost died in that fight. That's, that's how tough it was for me at that point because, you know, I hadn't gotten all the items and everything like that. But uh, it really, it, it didn't require so many items. It just required good skill, I guess. And this, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm looking at your uh, thing. Your, it, it really just looks like you covered the uh, mic <laughs> in tissue. For for anyone, okay, so I'm sorry. I had to I had to talk about this for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know what the fuck Al's talking about. Um, so I was I was waiting for Al to get on, and during waiting, I figured I should make a pop filter because um, it's making my editing really difficult to edit all all the pops and the the, the, the titties and the sits and all those noises that happen when you record a podcast. Um. And uh, a regular pop filter is a little wire mesh, not not a wire, I, uh, just a mesh that is uh, stretched out in a little like th- circle type thingy that that, st- that sits on an adjustable stand that's supposed to go in front of your microphone, um, or or it's whatever, however it stands up, it's supposed to sit in front of your microphone so that when you say your P's and T's and S's, it doesn't pop into the microphone. Um, and I I figured I should have one because that would be awesome. So I took a wire hanger and a Kleenex and made a loop out of the wire and taped the Kleenex to the wire hanger and then taped the hanger to my desk. And so I have a pop filter now. Yeah, but... And and it didn't work right there. I'm looking at my audio file right now, and it didn't work on that point. Do you have a sock that you don't use? Oh, I I guess I could use socks. Wouldn't that be too too, uh, thick, though? Wouldn't it? I don't know. You would probably have to wind up increasing your volume or... Well, basically, if you don't use the sock anymore, instead of using both sides of the sock, you would cut the sock and just use one oh, side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. But even then, I thought it might be too... Or you know what I can do is go on to Amazon.com and buy a pop filter? I don't know. Maybe I should just do that? Or or, or you can... um, uh, if, if you have black socks that... You know, dress socks that you don't use. Dress oh, because they're thinner. Too, but... Yeah. No, that, yeah. that's a good point. But I, I, I remember using, like, tube socks back in, like, 2002 or whatever when I was recording... Uh, my album that failed, oh, <laughs> and it worked really well, you know. I'm, but that was for singing, so the volume was already there, right? Anyhow, you could uh, also 
go to Amazon and, and buy one. Let, let. Yeah, it's probably like five bucks. But anyway, <laughs> yes, con- continue on. Bucks. Continue on past what I was what I was sending you over text message. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was Metroid Other M. Um, the game is really fun to play, and unfortunately, like it let me down near the end. Like I thought it was going to be pretty epic, but a lot of the epic moments were really short lived. Um, epic story moments or battles at pieces or or what? Uh, epic battles, uh, because okay. the story wasn't really epic at all. Like it, they should have really done a better job with the premise and the interaction between characters and the personality. Like if they were really gonna weave a drama, it, it was just too contrived. You know, it, it just did not well, yeah esp- work. especially really with trying to dig it up yeah especially with what i heard about the whole like the stuff that you were telling me about like oh you know i'm going to go fight this boss now but then all of a sudden he's going to tell me after 10 minutes that oh you should do this to kill it because nothing else is working or stuff like oh i'm not going to allow to y- you to use your power bomb but da 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 yeah the authorization really sucks and, and a good example is one i read i think on one up you go through uh one of these sectors where it's hot and you have to basically weather the heat and take damage for a good five minutes until you get to a certain point where you go, oh, Samus, you can, you should use your Vario suit to uh, deal with this heat. I'm like, but, I, but but common sense would say that if it's hot down there, turn on the freaking Vario. Why, why are you telling me this now? Like, Right. Yeah, that's so and, stupid. And then later on, you, you go through, I mean, all right, I understand that, alright, there's some points in time, like in the other Metroids, you have to go through water without a gravity suit to be, just deal with the fact that, oh my god, it's water, I can't fucking move. Right, but but that's different because you don't have it. Right. <laughs> so then you, you, you go through water and whatnot, and you're like slow, sluggish, can't move, stuff like that. And then you go through this like gravity chamber where you get stuck to the ceiling, and you get, uh, it, it's basically like reverse gravity and then heavy gravity. Uh-huh. And uh the heavy gravity basically you walk in you're like fifty times your weight. You're like dun, 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 walking around and whatnot, you can't jump high. And then after all of that, um you get to a point where you are about to be blown out of the, the bottle ship because the bottle ship is like breaking down at that particular point. And then you get authorized to use no, you don't get authorized, I don't think. I think you actually like wind up no, no, no. You actually get you actually authorized to use the gravity suit at that point in time, so that you don't get blown out of the ship. I'm like, but I, it common sense would hold that if I was having trouble in a certain area that was affected by gravity, and I have the ability to turn on a gravity feature of my suit, I should have done it in the beginning. Right. The only thing that you actually don't get authorization to use that you kind of have to use your brain to use was really cool, but I'm not going to bring it up. And, and, and uh, then on top, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought you were. Oh, uh, and, well, basically, the primary reason why you can't get authorization to use it is because uh, you just can't. I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> you, you, ju- you just can't. Man, 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 man. You just can't. It's impossible. I, I heard, and, and the other thing regarding story is I heard that, and I, I know I joked about this last uh, last time we talked about Other M, but like the voice acting is just, ugh. Yeah, the only person whose voice I actually liked in that in that entire game was Anthony. Uh, this is black dude on the Galactic Federation, <laughs> and he guy. actually has like you know a, a believable black dude's voice. And he's, I mean, his animations suck, but 
All his right. voice acting was pretty good. And then I looked at the credits, and the dude's last name is like, uh, basically, it looks like he's Scottish. It's like Mc- McLenarty or something like that. And I was like, what? Well, I mean, you've got Shaquille O'Neal. O'Neal is, yeah, you know. But, but still, it just threw me off. Because I don't know what the guy looks like, so I don't know if he's black or not. Hey, Scottish. But it could very well be. Like, did you ever see um, Funny People? Yeah. Remember that dude who was doing the Gollum voice? Uh... And then all of a sudden he did this, like, like this straight 70s black dude voice? This was, like, back when um, Adam Sandler was, like, talking to all of his friends because he thought he was going to die. I... Oh, I forgot. Uh... Andy Serkis? I don't know who it is. Andy Circus. I know that Andy Circus is the actor who did the uh, who did the motion capture for Gollum, and I believe he did the voice too. And he also did motion capture for Heavenly Sword. Um, I I don't I don't I don't remember that movie well enough. I I'll take a look at it, but um, he just like threw that voice out of nowhere. That that's what makes me remember that scene so much because he was just like doing this like nasty old lady Gollum type voice. Uh huh. And uh, then all of a sudden he was like. Hey man, you know, and I'm just like that does not even fit his face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I also played uh, Persona uh, PSP. I just started it, Ooh. and I played about mm, say apparently I played 11 hours of it, but apparently it, I I could not have. Um, it could just be like a lot of idle time. Uh huh. But um. I uh, am in the beginning of that game still, and there's not really much to say. I, it's weird, the, the game in and of itself, because uh, just of the way the game works, there's, uh, you know, it's first-person dungeons, and the battle system is original, I should say. I mean, it's basically like, you know, hack-and-slash type of, you can attack with a weapon, a melee weapon, which has its own range, because it's all grid-based, but you can't move in the grid. So wherever you position your characters in the grid determines their range for whatever weapons they're using. Uh, you can use melee weapons. You can use guns. Um, you can also fight with your personas, which all have individual abilities, which actually level up as you use them. So not level up, but you you get more a higher rank, and you get uh, the ability to use more abilities as you use abilities in general. It's almost like skill-based. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll have more to talk about it later, but at this moment, at this moment, I really have no idea like what's up with that game. But uh, something that I do have an idea of what's up about is Echo Shift, which is also for PSP. That's the color that that's the color version of Echo Chrome, right? Mm, sort of. Or, or, but yeah, um, some, that that's kind of uh, like I'm just I'm pulling the description from what I remember you saying about it. Uh, Echo Shift is actually the time version of Echo Chrome. Uh, oh. it's it's based on time. Uh, Why basically, did I what color? happens is, Sorry. but there's colors in it. That's the thing. Um, what uh, you do in that game is you have to solve puzzles using your casts as um, using using your casts in a like time warp kind of fashion. I should say it's weird to explain that way, but essentially, what happens is that you have 30 seconds or 50 seconds to finish a level. And you can only go so far with your cast, the first one. So say you uh, hit a switch, and that switch opens something, and then you drop down. And now you can't get back up because you can't jump. So you have to hit another switch down in this hole. So you hit the switch, and then now you use your next cast. 
And what happens is that when you use your next cast, your first cast in a shadow does the stuff that you did the first time around. So your second cast, you have him wait up at the top so he doesn't fall down behind the first one that you used. When the first one presses the other switch, then he opens up some other way so you can get to the door to finish the level. And that's basically how it works. This is, I guess, a, a, a contrived question, but just out of curiosity, which Echo do you like better? Uh, I don't know, honestly, because I still haven't bought Echo Chrome. <gasps> I only got Echo Shift because it was on sale, and I'm lazy like that. Like, you know, Echo Chrome is like 10 bucks, and I spend 10 bucks on like everything but a downloadable game for some odd-ass reason. So I'll get Echo Chrome sooner or later. I played a demo for it, and I liked it, but I've actually played a lot of Echo Shift in the past couple of days. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that... Um, that one later. You'll, you'll it give it to me? You know, I will give you that answer. Uh, oh, I, was, I thought you were going to give me a game. Oh. No, I, I can't give you downloadable games. Sure you... Oh, it's not Steam. Steam's better. All right, so uh, let, let's take a quick, quick break because Pete has entered the virtual studio. We're going to get him in, then we're going to kick him right off. We'll be right back. back in the virtual studio after taking a nice long half hour bathroom break to uh, lose some weight and Petter uh. is <clears throat> Pete has entered the building but Al were you finished with what you've been playing or have you been playing more I do believe I oh yes I played 3D dot as well 3D dot game heroes 3D dot and I like to call it 3D dot um they recently had an update for the game where they like I guess fix some stuff but at the same time they um released Oh, they had a contest for avatars, and all of the like winners are the best ones that they had. They included with this update, and they also included an avatar of Sackboy, which um, I played, and Sackboy looked pretty authentic. It's pretty cool, and I am now on the fifth, um, the fifth temple, which is the Flame Temple, and that game is tough, man. Like. I mean, I guess it's because I am kind of, like, trying to treat it like Zelda. Like, oh, every single Zelda's piece of cake. And then I go into battles, like, boss battles without potions and whatnot. But then at the same time, uh, I have trouble getting through dungeons without using a potion in the beginning. So, I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty tough, but I, I'm still liking the game. Like, it, it's kind of tough sometimes in an unfair way, but I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there. Now, talking about that, and then hearing you say that you were actually going to play Twilight Princess on the previous episode, have you started that? No, because I had no TV for two day, for, for a day, or oh. a day and a half. And um, I've been very busy this week. And Boner finish. I'm not going to start Twilight Princess until I finish 3D Die Game Heroes. No! 3D Die Game Heroes is a very short game. Oh, okay. There's only six dungeons, and I'm on the fifth. And, uh... You know, I just need to actually sit down and play it. But I've spent most of my time, like, when I had no TV, <laughs> I've spent that entire day playing um, Dragon Quest IX. 
Nothing uh, on PC? Hmm? Nothing on PC? I was about to say, there was something on PC I played, but I, I, I don't really think I played Team anything. Fortress 2? Or is, yeah, it, but is that just for the testing? Well, I actually played a, a, an entire like match, and it was fun, but... I'll just say, I played Team Fortress 2, and I played some Mass Effect, the original. I made a female Shepard, because I was reading these articles about female Shepard, and how, like, 50% of players play as male Shepard. So, like, most people translated that as is 50% of the people are missing a great half of the game because of Jennifer Hale's voice acting and whatnot. Oh, okay. So I thought, okay, well, I'll check that out. What else has she been... Was she... She's also, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe she's also a voice actress in... Um, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes and Eternal Darkness. We'll find out right now. She was in... Let's see. DC Universe Online, Star Wars The Old Republic, Spider-Man Shadow Dimensions, Star Wars Clone Wars, Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, No More Heroes, Desperate Struggle, Kingdom, Her- Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. She was in Brutal Legend, uh, Going Down, TV stuff, um... Oh, so no, no eternal darkness and no. Uh... Uh, I'm only at 2008. Oh. I have to go back. She was oh, she was Jennifer Mui in um, Mercenaries 2, the the girl character that you play as. She played Tira in Soul Calibur 4. Going oh, Metal Gear Solid 4, yeah. Naomi Hunter, and Little John. <laughs> <laughs> Little John. Um, I'm gonna go back. She was she was Samus in Metroid Prime 3. Oh wow. Oh, oh, right, when they actually um, gave her a voice. Yeah. Let's see. SOCOM, Spider-Man Battle for New York, Civil Sable. <coughs> Silver Sable, going 2006, 2003, 2006. Metroid Prime Hunters of Samus, Siphon Filter Dark Mirror. She was Trinity in Matrix Path of Neo. Soul Calibur 3 is Tira. 2005, 2004, wait, what was that? Oh, Metroid Prime 2. Oh, she's... You know what kind of voice she is? She does the grunting. The, ah! <laughs> eh, eh, ah, ah, eh. That's funny. Ah, it's like, okay, we, nice. we, we're going to need you to come in and do voice acting for um, Sam Saren and uh, Metroid Prime. Okay, what do I have to do? Here's your script. <laughs> huh? Ah, ah, ow. Uh, yeah, so she's Naomi Hunter in all the Metal Gear Solid games. Okay, right. That, that's what um, I remember her name from. And... I'm still trying to go back. It's 2001, right? Uh, That's unimportant. Let's let uh, hear what else you have to play, or or have been playing. I mean, That's Mass it? Effect and oh. uh, Team Fortress 2 and Crisis and and whatever other game I played to test on my video card. It's not important. All right then, Pete, what have you played? Nothing new. Uh, more. What have I played over the past week? More Rock Band. More Shadow Complex. Um and a lot, a lot of audio surf. All right, because you're doing your little album reviews, right, on Twitter. Yeah. How's how's that working out for you? Like how how many more albums do you have to go? Oh, I don't know a lot. Um, I think I've done seven or eight so far, and there's a lot left. Um, <laughs> but uh, how many? Like ten? No, probably like over fifty. <laughs> I don't I know. So many albums. I have like seven albums to do. <laughs> Way too many. I don't know. There's not much to say about it. That's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. I in doing my Twitter reviews, I started using these hashtags that are like way too long to, to like to uh, you know, like put the information for what I'm reviewing, like the uh, the album name, and I like would do the 
my hashtag is uh, Ninja Mono Iron Mode, which is to indicate that I'm playing it on Ninja Mono with Iron Mode turned on, which is like I couldn't tell. Very hard. Yeah, I know you couldn't. Um, and <laughs> I don't uh, think it's long enough. The description. No, it's super long, and then I only give myself like like half of my Twitter, you know, uh, characters left to actually put the review, which makes it very hard to formulate a succinct thought. Um, which is hard to do also when you're half awake. But it's challenging and fun, and yeah, that's what I'm doing. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash rivet. That was unbelievable. Thank you so much for that. Al, are you fulfilled? Yeah, very. I'm fulfilled. Let's end the podcast right now. Nothing could top that. No. Shadow Uh, Complex is getting pretty awesome. I have stuff that lets me go, like, I, I got the foam gun, finally, which is, like, a really cool gun in the game. What does that do? You actually like, okay, I know it's supposed to enable you to like build like kind of make bridges across gaps or something because it shoots this little thing of foam like if you connect it to any kind of hard surface like a box or something like that it'll uh like it'll be a ball of foam that'll then like harden and then you can keep <laughs> sh- keep shooting foam off of itself like off of the each, each piece of foam to like kind of guess stretch out as a bridge. Um and get yourself across gaps. And if you shoot at enemies, it like freezes them in the foam. Uh, you can use it to open certain doors or disable certain electronic stuff. Uh, but between that and having this mask that lets me breathe indefinitely underwater, I feel like I can pretty much go mostly anywhere in the game now. The only thing I think I'm missing, uh, at least the only doors I've come across so far in the game that I can't get through, are ones that require like actual missiles. Um, and uh, yeah, so like that's the only thing that's like impeding my ability to explore the entire shadow complex right now shadow complex how far um how many hours in or or percentage is probably a better um estimate but how how long do you think you have to go before you actually beat it i think given that you're at that point where you can kind of go anywhere you need to based on like how many pickups because i don't remember how much percentage i have done and i don't remember how many hours i've been playing because i've just been playing you know short like half hour bursts or so like every couple weeks um so I'd say based on the amount of pickups I've got, I probably have less, definitely less than half the game in percentage-wise left. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many hours, but I think it's probably about maybe, if I was guessing, two or three more major story points before the end of the game. Because um, each time you hit, like, the story points are basically picking up, like, you know, your new weapon or upgrade. Then you, like, uh, you have a radio that you're in communication with the girl that, like, got captured. Uh I don't know if anybody knows what the fuck I'm talking about at this point, but... The girlfriend. Yeah, like, it, people who, like, don't know anything about Shadow Complex are probably like, girl who got captured, what the fuck are you saying? People who and don't it, know anything about last uh, Shadow Complex, listen to episode 189, What a Sleeper, and listen to Pete talk about Shadow Complex, because there you go. Okay, so, yeah, you're in constant radio or communication with... just read a fucking with, review, they're out there! That's true, too. So you're in constant radio communication with this girl, even though you only talk to her whenever you pick up a weapon, otherwise you're just like fuck this girl, I'm not going to talk to her. Um, <laughs> so those are those are what I consider the story points because you get to the weapon and he'll like say something. And uh, like it sounds like I'm getting close to getting all the armor pieces and like all the weapons and stuff. And um, after that, I'm assuming I'll just, you know, fight whatever the final boss or stop whatever I'm supposed to stop or whatever yeah. and save her. Uh, so yeah, it's a great game. Definitely, I'm so glad I picked it up. Uh, everyone should play it. <laughs> Are you sure everyone? Everyone who likes the games that I like. There you go. So, like, three people? Yes. Two. Okay. 
You hear that three people pl- pick up chairs, shadow comp. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Seriously. All right. Rock I have man. not. That's it. <laughs> I have not been playing too much myself. However, I did start Barkley's Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Wait, yeah, I, I you've got been tweeting I, about that. Oh, I want to marry that game. I got to find a. That's just an indie game you can get on the PC, right? Correct. So it's free. Um, it's episode one. I, I got to find the full name for this. Give me one. Is second. it really episode one though? Because hasn't that been out for a long time? I remember. Wasn't there something on? Was it on the One Up show that they did something about that a long well, time ago? Well, it is episode one. It's just, they just haven't come out with more. And here's the full title of the game. <clears throat> <clears throat> Tales of Games presents Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden Chapter One of the Hoops Barkley Saga. That's the full game name. So there's no actual episode one in there. Well, it's just it, Chapter One is Episode One. No, that's Chapter One. Same thing. Nope. Same thing. Anyway, so I was playing it, and I don't know if it's in um. And I don't even think it's it's a uh, RPG Maker game, um, because usually the RPG Maker games are very very Dragon Questy, at least in, in the battle system. Like you can write whatever you want in terms of the scripting and the characters and everything and the graphics. And but the battle system is you know go to the menu, pick a thing for every character, and then watch it go. But this battle system actually has some uh, I don't want to say real time elements, but for anyone who's played an old uh, NBA Live basketball game, shooting free throws is kind of like um, when you're shooting a free throw. There's a there's a T meter that that measures your horizontal um, distance and then your the uh, the height of your shot. And so, like on the horizontal bar, there's a basketball that like kind of moves back left and right, left and right, left and right. And you have to hit the A button when the basketball is closest to the middle of that bar. And then after you do that. There's a basketball that goes up and down through another bar, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then you have to hit the A button when it's in the middle. And so at the closer the middle you get on both bars, the higher the higher success rate you will have of hitting that free throw. Um, and obviously for shitty free throw shooters like Shaquille O'Neal, the ball moves really fast, and so your timing has to be really good. Um, it's similar concept to any to almost any golf game like Mario like like a Mario golf game with the power meter. And so that kind of mechanic replicates itself in Shut Up and Jam Gaiden when Barkley is attacking enemies, like, you don't just hit attack, you actually choose a move, and then a little meter pops up, and you have to hold down the button, and the closer to the middle you get, the more damage you do to the enemy. Um, and so Barkley actually shoots free throws at monsters. Like, he sits there, dribbles the ball, concentrates, and then shoots the ball in the air, and then the ball lands on the monster's head and does damage. And he does it twice, like a regular free throw. Or he could throw a pass into the enemy's face and do damage to them that way. Or he can shoot a jump shot that lands on the enemy's head and do damage that way. And so I'm playing this game, and I have no idea how this works because I didn't bother to read the instructions. Um, and I keep on missing, and I keep on, like, this stupid little box keeps on popping up. And then I finally realize I have to hold down the stupid button. Um, but it's it, in that Mario RPG type of way, it gives more, um, it gives you something else to do besides just hitting a button to choose a menu item and just wait. Uh, so I think that was pretty ingenious of them i I, like initially i thought that that this game was just like oh it's just great because the dialogue is funny and just absurd but like it actually has an interesting battle system now that's not to say that dialogue isn't funny and absurd um i i I like the opening line perhaps the best when it says warning the events in this game are canon (laughs) when obviously it's in the future and this isn't charles barkley's charles barkley's life but i digress um 
Michael Jordan is like the evil is an evil villain in this game. Uh, Larry Bird has retired to become a pastor in a church. Um, Barkley is friends with LeBron James's great great grandson or some random shit like that, which which makes no sense because LeBron James is younger than we are, and if he were mm-hmm. to have a great 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 grandson, that would just be messed up. Well, and, and I know this is in the future. Well, let's see. Um, I, I suppose it takes place after uh after twenty forty one, but still, LeBron James wouldn't have a great great grandson at that point. I don't think unless his children were really horny and his children's children were really horny so i don't know doesn't make sense to me and that's why it's crazy and also awesome also the save point talks to you before you can save a game it goes through this literally five to six paragraph diatribe on western video games and how japanese games are better and how western people are uncivilized and uneducated when it comes to uh, when it comes to video games or anything else as compared to Japanese people and Japanese video games. And so I'm sitting – like I didn't know what this thing was. This thing looked like a uh, like like a satellite thing, radar thing, just kind of sitting there. And I go up to it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is an item. And I start talking to it I, apparently. And the thing is called pump. So I'm like, all right, maybe this is a Reebok pump. I, I really don't know. And then it just spews out these lines and lines of dialogue. And I'm reading this and I'm I'm – switching between laughing and going, wow, is this ever going to end? And then finally, after he's done with his diatribe, he goes, would you like to save? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I save my game, and I'm thinking this is just a one-time thing. But then when I go to save my game again, it does the exact same thing again and starts talking for like 10 minutes about how, you know, RPGs in the West like Oblivion are stupid or whatever. I don't know. Um, I found I, I found that pretty funny myself because, like, it, it's you don't know if the game maker is – tongue and cheeking it or if he if he really is using this as his platform to spew his Japanese game manifesto uh, which is actually a good segue into our topics later but um I, I digress uh what else is there um that's just oh right so I walk into an item store and it's run by a ch- an old Chinese man um and and that is the source of the infamous screenshot where they call him Barukuri um and it's it, it's it's totally racist and great it's just like Bakri what are you doing? Oh, so late. Why are you out here? And, you know, typical stuff like that, which I'm allowed to do and no one else's. But anyway, um, free, probably only a few hours long since since they claim it to be like, uh, well, not claim it, but according to the title, it's supposed to be part of a, multi, uh, a multi-game series. So it's probably pretty short. Um, it's Charles Barkley, and it's a Gaiden. So go play it. It'll work on a shitty laptop, I think. And they updated it so that it goes full screen, and it doesn't use a joypad, but you can use a thing. I don't know. It's an independent thing. Go, go play it now, or else you're stupid. I don't know. Al, what you been playing? We already went through that. I want to hear it again. No, you don't. Fine. Let's move on. Fine. Let's move on to the stuff that we got from other people. Fine. So we have actually gotten mailbag entries, and uh, we're going to talk about Edu Buccaneers' email first because the other comments that we got were specifically related to our topics of discussion. So 
I'm going to read Edu's thing first. Uh, here it goes. Hey guys, I just got a qu- oh oh, there's a URL here. I just got a quick comment on a news article. Since from the looks of your show notes, you're having a busy show today. Damn right, bitch. Uh, the article I'm commenting on is, and it's a Kotaku article, and the URL reads, "Your consoles are not made in a happy place." I'm going to assume that it has to do with you know like sweatshop-ish type conditions because of the URL, and let's read on what he says. Oh, I was right. Not really an article per se, but a little nod about how working conditions for manufacturing outside of the U.S. are horrible. My comment is, Kotaku, get off your damn high horse. Games aren't the only product that explore that kind of badly play- paid labor. You don't even have to go outside the U.S. to see that. You know how ar- you know how the orange that ah, you know the orange that you buy at the market, for instance. The people who sell it to the company who then distributes to the market only gets a tiny, tiny fraction of what you pay per orange. Gallons of milk are sold for cents, while the product is sold for tens more in stores. What I mean to say is, electronics are just one more part of a badly paid workforce. And if people want to make things better, start with the basics. It gets on my nerves how game journalists are high and mighty in some articles relating to games when the same thing has been happening for decades in other areas of an economy. I hope you're having a great show. Um, well, that, okay, I can see where he's coming from with this, but in all honesty, not having read the article, maybe, maybe it would do... It's not really an article, it's just a picture, and a link to another article. Oh, okay. Well, two things then, if that's really the case. First, I don't know if they're really being on a high horse if they're just putting a picture up there and linking to another article. Um, the other thing is that regardless of the fact that, yes, there is terrible stuff going on outside of gaming, and... Like, I'll be the first one to tell you, gaming is not the most important thing out there, and it shouldn't be the most important thing out there, except for the people who make it their livelihood. Um, at the same time, that doesn't make it any less... This is going to be terrible grammar. It doesn't make it any less worse that it's happening mm-hmm. in gaming. You're totally right. It is just one part of many things that are, are done terribly in this world. That doesn't mean that Kotaku is on a high horse for talking about it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't see pictures or, or link to articles about it. Um, it's it, Like you said, it's a serious problem everywhere. And yes, we should start with the basics, but that doesn't mean that we're like, all right, you know what? This is a terrible condition in this factory that's making Xboxes, but we got to be worried about oranges first. So let's not talk about this at all. I, I think that is kind of high horsey if it, 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 at the risk of sounding mean. I don't mean it that way at all, but... I don't know if people out there are getting what I'm saying. It, it, the big, the big picture is it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. And I don't think right. that Kotaku has done anything wrong. I mean, I all they did was they put a picture of suicide nets. <laughs> uh, they have nets to prevent people from hitting the ground if they jump out of the windows. That is fucking depressing. I mean, it and, is depressing. And, and and think about that. I mean, like even if even if it, even if this, this is not talking about even this is not talking about things like an orange or like sneakers or clothing. I mean, anything that results in having to put up suicide nets is pretty fucking terrible. So, and and Kotaku is a gaming website. So, do you really expect a gaming website to start linking to terrible conditions about orange farmers? No. Definitely not. Because and we have that. We have sources for that. I was also going to say that, I mean, this article is a Business Week article. Right, and right. And it's about... Um, it's i guess it's, in general it's about the um global industry right and not specifically like um uh foxconn because they they oh, focus right, on right, foxconn right and it, you know it's basically talking about how this you know people didn't know anything about foxconn until 
the suicides. Right. And then they can they include other like companies like uh, it says for the image. Well, it's talking about businesses that work with Foxconn. So it's like for the image conscious companies with which Foxconn does business, including IBM, Cisco, Microsoft, Nokia, Sony, Hewlett Packard, right. and Apple. The suicides were a public relations nightmare and a challenge to offshoring offshoring strategies essential to their bottom lines. You know what else this reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of shit. I just lost my train of thought. Oh my god! Oh shoot me now. Um, oh no! Right. Okay. So, like, it reminds me of a conversation, and and I'll and I'll tie it together somehow because it seems irrelevant. But I assure you. Um, but on the GFW Radio podcast, um, I think Sean Elliott was talking about how. He and he he was going back and forth with Shane Bettenhausen, who was like a champion for Metal Gear Solid Four. He was like, "Oh, PlayStation Three, Metal Gear Solid, blah 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 blah. It's got a deep, engaging storyline, and like it, it it tells people about things that they otherwise wouldn't know about." And you know, Sean Elliott, beside aside from lambasting it for like having overlong cutscenes and like blah blah blah, says like, "Why should people be getting their world news about stuff like Blackwater?" and PMCs from a game like Metal Gear Solid. And on the one hand, I agree with him. It's like, people should be aware of what's going on in the world and not be so absorbed in video games. I stand by that. He's totally right. Like, people should, like, again, video games are just one aspect of life. They're, they're a hobby. For some, that's, for some people, it's their job. Yes, but everybody has to be well-rounded and know things about the world. I'm sorry, that's, that's just how, you know, society moves forward. At the same, apologize for that. At the same, well, I know, but, but some people don't, don't, you know, see that or don't want to hear it. Well, poo on them. <laughs> okay, give me one second. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's not happening. I'll get to you later. Um, but at the same time, it sometimes people aren't exposed because they just aren't, not because they refuse to get exposed, but they, you know, they, they just don't, they, they need to learn to get out more. And they just don't know about this type of stuff. So, granted, they might not know about this, and maybe it's bad, but give them a chance. Or maybe they just need a little bit of a kick in the ass, like me with music and rock band. Now, the, the reason why this article or this, this letter reminded me of that is because I was going to say that for some people who are absorbed in, in you know reading about video game news stories, they're not going to give a shit about an article headline that says, Oranges are farmed by people in terrible working conditions. <laughs> but they That's might true. but they might start to pay attention to the issue if their gaming journalists who they read who the only people whom they read maybe start talking about terrible working conditions in Foxconn again i'm not saying that people should rely on this type of stuff to under to, i mean should should rely on their own little world's news to um to see what was what's going on in other places i mean in other facets of life but sometimes that's the only way to get to them so you know, again, there is there's absolutely nothing wrong and nothing that should be criticized towards. Uh, wow, that's terrible English. I don't think Kotaku should be criticized for that. I think they should be criticized for their use of apostrophes. That's about it, mm-hmm. and other things. But anyway, and, and uh, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> not this time. Come on, come on, do it. Do no, it. I'm not gonna say it. No, I'm not gonna oh. fling. Not gonna what? Fling. Fling poo. Yeah. <laughs> what say you? Me, I was gonna. I don't. I mean. I don't know the Either story, obviously, that he is referring to, uh, well, what uh, they actually said. But well, uh, it, Al, it doesn't can matter. You sum it up for him. It's just it, it's just the picture leading to like terrible working conditions. And right. Well, it's, 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 it's irrelevant what it actually said because I'm just right. going to. The point I'm trying to make is that Edu. Oh, okay. This is Edu's letter, right? Yeah. 
it sounds like he's calling them out for just having written the art, whatever they put up there in the first place, which I, you've already pretty much covered it. I completely agree with you. It's like they're a gaming website, you know, uh, that's what they're going to cover. Like, I understand that there are, there can't, in some people's eyes, there can be a lot more important issues in the world. And it sounds like that's what he's saying is like, you know, like this is just one small facet of a much larger issue. This is what Edu's saying. Um, Correct. But like you said, why would Kotaku cover any of that other stuff? It's like, that's not feeding their audience. And that's all they're doing is trying to, you know, feed their audience. And all they're really doing is just trying to get, you know, page clicks. Um, But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, Edu, you're right. There are more important issues, but you like don't say Kotaku's on a high horse when they're just trying to, you know, cater to their audience. Um, yeah, I mean that that is the basic summation of that. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and you're, I was gonna say real quick, you're right about like people and like especially like I don't know especially, but uh, people who get a lot of their new suit video game stuff or whatever. Like, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna try to relate this, but either way, okay. Uh, example of something. You said where certain people will see something based on where it's coming from. I only watched the whole like congressional hearing about, or like a portion of the congressional hearing about like the immigrant farm worker things because of that Stephen Colbert thing. Um, right. Like that's a perfect example of like if he, that hadn't been you know tweeted from someone I know in gaming, I would not have like heard or seen anything about it and would not have even realized that it's an issue. I mean, I kind of already knew it was an issue, but you know, like it brings it to the forefront of my mind that it's an issue. Right. I basically think that any avenue to discuss an issue should be used. And if that if that means getting it through the skulls of those who don't pay attention to the outside world, um, getting a story that relates to you, then that's that's even better. You know, like we like Al, you said this was a Business Week article, right? Mm-hmm. So Business Week talks about this type of stuff. It talks about the industry. It talks about you know things that could affect a business how businesses operate. Okay, that is an appropriate forum for that. Um, like a, a, any newspaper, like the New York Times, is going to it could do an expose on orange farmers. You know that there's there's a certain audience for everything, and and like for Kotaku to redundantly talk about an orange farmer when their audience is unfortunately not going to care, which I think is sad, but that's the case. That's that's the reality that we live in. It makes no sense. I mean, I I wish I could, I wish my shrug and like not and and facial expression could make it over the airwaves but it can't so i'm going to just <laughs> shrug until one of you guys says to move on move on okay so that was the actual mailbag thing and let let me not forget about forget to say that that was a a good submission um just because we don't happen to agree doesn't make it a bad submission i actually i thought it was a great submission because it's something that i think is important we don't agree on right yeah. exactly it, it's a, it generated a conversation right um, so the next couple of comments I'm going to stave off until we, we talk about the topics um, mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. And the first one is regarding Super Street Fighter 4. Um, I was perusing Giant Bomb, and on the front page I saw an article, an article, a news post, sorry, that basically said that Street Fighter 4, Super Street Fighter 4 is not going to come out on PC. Big surprise, you know. Well, actually, I was a little bit surprised because Street Fighter 4 came out on PC and did very well. Mm-hmm. And was a very good port. It was an awesome port, actually. I love that port. Um, and so, you know, you, you think Super Street Fighter 4 is going to come on. At, you know, maybe they'll do something innovative like make it like an, like an expansion pack that redoes the mechanics or, or rebounds it, whatever. But that's not the case. And according to the article, 
um, Capcom's main motivation for not putting it out on PC is money. They don't think they're going to make money. They think that it's going to get really, really pirated. Now, the thing about that that you know I'm seeing here is, well, if it's going to be pirated, why not put it on Steam? Which is what Matt Kessler wrote in the article as well. Well, we don't want to put it on Steam because that will be unfair to all the PC people who don't have Steam. I, I, I already have my arguments laid out here, and that kind of that kind of grinds my gears. But mm. I would like you guys to to give some thought to this and see if you're what you think about this whole situation. And it's not a really big situation. It's not an important situation, but it just really irks me. I I just like to start by saying that that comment about it not being fair seems like a a veil for the fact that we won't make as much money if we only sell it on Steam. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds like they're being uh all concerned about the fact that not everyone would be able to experience their wonderful expansion of the game, but as a business, from a business standpoint, I think that they would go along the lines of, well, if we only sell it on Steam, we only get to access the Steam user base, which is probably a fraction of the uh, customer base that we could have reached if we just sold a physical product as well as mm-hmm. doing Steam. Because Street Fighter Four is on Steam, right? Uh, yes, it is. That's how I bought it. Right. It's funny because it's on Steam, but it, it requires games for Windows Live. Yep. So you're installing one piracy counter uh, countermeasure and portal, I'm sorry, gaming portal, within another piracy countermeasure and gaming portal. Yep. So it, redundant. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. But that doesn't affect how the game runs, so that's, that's no. all that matters, really. It just affects how much hard drive space is taken up. <laughs> right. And, and to be clear, I bring this topic up not to talk specifically about Super Street Fighter 4, but just the way that publishers handle these things and how they try to justify it to people and then how they, you know, kind of patronize them with stupid shit. And I know that a couple of weeks ago I was saying, I want Microsoft to patronize us with some stupid reason to tell us why they're increasing the price on Xbox Live. But I think that's a slightly different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, as it is right now, they're increasing the price for nothing. They're just saying, yeah, we did good. You're going to pay yeah, more. Yeah, it's not like we're giving you more shit. And... Right. We're going to charge you more because we can. Yeah, because you guys are paying $60 for games. Uh, we think that $60 for a year of Xbox Live is just as suitable. Suitable. Right. Sucks. Um, Pete, any any anything on this on this topic? Any preamble before I start going through my manifesto? Well, I mean, it's obviously like the whole Steam thing's just a bullshit excuse. I mean, the the bottom line is that it comes down like if they don't want to release it on PC because of piracy, that's all I have to say is we don't want to release it on PC due to piracy. We do not feel it'll be profitable for us to release it, and they don't have to say. Anything. And if someone says about Steam, all they do they like the PR. The PR line should just be to, to just repeat that, not make up some bullshit reason right. like, well, we got if they ask us about Steam, we got to say something. So, uh, yeah, it won't be fair to everybody else. That's like anybody who has any semblance of intelligence knows that's stupid. So why even bother saying that? Like, it, while it would be annoying for them to just say, you know, we won't release it on PC because of piracy, at least it's like a – at least it is a feasible reason. Um, right. And, I mean, that's what it t- does come down to is that is, like, I understand why they would not want to release it just because of piracy. Like, you know, it sucks, but that's, like, a cold, hard truth of PC gaming nowadays. Um, but, yeah, like, and, and the, what do you say, like, uh, for, like, it's unfair for people who don't have Steam? I know you're going to say this in a few minutes, but, yeah, no, like, go ahead. That's fine. It's, not like, it's not like Steam fucking costs anything, and it's not like it's 
a burden to get or anything like that. And I, I don't know if any any games actually do this where they like are there any retail PC games that will like forcibly install Steam? Not that I know of. Only GFW. Okay. Because I'm going to say, like, I mean, it, even if a game came out that did force you to have to do a Steam install, like, it's not like that would be the worst thing in the world. It would just open up another avenue for that person who may not have had Steam to it, see all yeah. these other, you know, all, this, all these other great games they could be getting or whatever. There may um, have been one or two retail games around the time when Citadel was released. Um, that they were, because I remember there was, like, a news story about that, and we were like, what? It might have been, like, a, it, it was either around the time that Citadel was, was released or the Warhammer 40K MMO or something. I don't know. I, I, but regardless, sorry, your point stands. Um, All right. So yeah, I mean that that's that is my point. That right. I don't know. It was just a, it was a flimsy excuse. And they should just not have said it if if, if nothing else. <laughs> right. And and uh, it may seem trivial to talk about what a publisher should and should not do. How is that important? Well, I think it is important because like it, if there is truly no good business reason for something to not come out, then they should be putting it out. And what they're doing is totally locking out a segment of the gaming populace that would gladly give them their money. Um, regarding the piracy thing, I, I don't know, and I, I, you know, I apologize for not knowing whether or not GFW Live has been hacked in such a way that people have been able to get Street Fighter 4 um, and play it. Now, somewhere in Kessler's article, he wrote that it may have been, but like without GFW Live's authentication, you can't do multiplayer, you can't save your progress, anything that you unlock isn't there, so it's a very fully functioned demo. Now, I can kind of understand the viewpoint that it doesn't matter because a lot of people just want to fight, and they don't care about all that other shit, um, but it's still like, it's still there, it's still a, a, a blockage, and I don't know how many how, how rampant piracy is on Xbox 360, it's still there. Um, mm -hmm. Not to the degree that it is on PCs, but again, that's why GFW Live is supposed to exist. That's why Steam is supposed to exist. Um, you're already you, they already forced an install of GFW Live on all copies of Street Fighter Four that came out. So, I mean, as annoying as that may be, why not just do it again? And honestly, I have no problem with GFW Live or Steam being on my PC. It's not like like Pete said; it's not a huge overhead. Um, it's free. It's also awesome, and Steam specifically is awesome. GFW Live is eh; it's all right. Um, and, and Mac users can get it too. At least Mac users can get Steam. I mean, mm -hmm. so I mean they're not being blocked out. And and what really really pisses me off about the whole fairness thing is they're saying, oh, it wouldn't be fair to other PC users. Well, now you're being unfair to all PC users. So what's worse, that you give you throw a bone to those who are willing to support you and download Steam, or that you don't throw any bones at all? People like bone, bone, bone bones, but you know it's like. How is that a justification for not releasing it? And you know, I, I agree with Pete. It's like if you're not, if you really, really think that piracy is the big issue, and that dis despite the counter, the countermeasures that exist, you're still going to lose a lot of money on it. Fine, you're going to spend time developing it. You're not going to make a profit, and you're going to be worse off as a result. Fine, I get it. I, I just personally don't know that that actually is the case. And I say I don't know. Because I don't know. I'm not saying that it's not the case. But I would I would like if anybody see, has any data on how poorly Street Fighter Four did in terms of money on PC, I would gladly love to read it. And if that's the case, fine. But the the way that they're talking around this doesn't, you know, it, and they're not directly addressing it that way, doesn't really, you know, instill me a lot of confidence that they're actually, you know, I don't know. I, I just think it should come out because I want it. <laughs> uh, shit. If you want to do online authentication, fine. I don't know. So we have some comments on this. 
Uh, we have one comment specifically from Seth 10 from GameSpot. He says, for the first discussion, I think that Capcom just wasn't going to make money, so they didn't release it. Whether or not piracy was going to keep them from making that money, I don't know. But I do agree that simply saying it, saying that it wouldn't make money would have sounded a bit more honest than what they have now. So, yeah, I mean, like, honesty is not the prime concern for me, It's just, but it's one of the concerns. Um, we have another comment from Nobody. Anybody else have anything to say about this? No, not me. Not me. Uh, no, I guess not. You guess not? That sounds hesitant. Do you, to tell him, tell him why you mad. Tell him why you really mad. Uh, no, I really, I, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Just yeah. stupid, <laughs> stupid Capcom. <laughs> stupid, stupid Capcom. It's a bad Capcom. Bad, see me after class. Bad Capcom. Okay. Um, speaking of Capcom. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> no. Uh, the next topic that we did want to talk about was um, you, you guys started a discussion about TGS last week. Um, and you talked we about did. Some... Yes. On the episode titled What a Sleeper, number 189, <laughs> available on the internet today. www.trygames.net slash podcast underscore home dot php. Download your episode today. So you're talking about TGS last week. And that got me, you guys were talking about the games that were released, and that got me thinking more about the industry side of things. And so I went and I perused through some of the GameSpot coverage of TGS, um, and I saw a headline that, uh, that said that, Keiji Inafune says that Japanese developers are five years behind. And I'm not going to say that, yes, this is like, wow, this is astounding, interesting new news, because it's not, um, it's kind. Of, they've kind of been having this type of discussion, specifically after TGS or at TGS, you know, interviewing with with the media, um, for the past maybe two or three years, um, and I guess it's a little worrisome for me. Um, it will, so so before we even go into that, the the three main reasons that he lists is one, the whole formulaic mentality of just releasing games with a tried and true formula, and that barely advances. So. Up until Dragon Quest Eight, and Al, you can verify this for me, but the Dragon Quest games, mostly the same. Um, mm -hmm. Except for Nine. Mm -hmm. Which is actually, at its core, still the same, just with some changes to make it more appealing to a multiplayer-ish type of audience. Okay. Um, well, I was under the impression that the job system was very much more intricate and refreshed. Am I incorrect in thinking that? That's true. I, I was referring to the general uh, gameplay of, you know, grind, fight, okay. story. Okay, yeah. Um, the second reason he cites is that from the business side, Japanese companies just simply aren't willing to make that investment in the development and then further investment in the marketing of the game. And he throws out numbers like that are the equivalent of like 30 to $40 million for each segment. You know, development and marketing, and that, uh, that's a hefty number. That's kind of big. Um, and then finally, that a lot of Japanese companies aren't really taking the whole globalization thing seriously. And when I say globalization, I don't mean like having tech support and testers in Bangalore and like um, Nike sneakers being made in Indonesia. I don't mean that. I mean globalization as in the tastes of gamers. Um, and he cites that as, you know, a, a big reason. And I, I frankly tie that to reason one with, like, the formulaic thing because the way I see it, and I think this is a very interesting thing to, to, to think about because 
So a lot of Japanese gamers flock to every Dragon Quest release. They flock to Monster Hunter releases. And what are those games if not formulaic? So right, those are obviously games that make money. Uh, mm-hmm. You were going to say something? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's surprising that on both sides of the coast, uh, I guess not really both sides of the coast, both sides of the ocean, we'll say. Both sides um, of the ocean. That something like Pokemon is very formulaic, yes, but it yes. continues to make money worldwide. Yes. And that's that's what's weird. I guess that's the exception to the rule. Uh, the, uh, the example that I had, for the States at least, uh, was Guitar Hero and Call mm-hmm. of Duty. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, uh, Call of Duty Madden. 4 came out. It was great. We're going to do the same thing again for Call of Duty World at War, and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and then Call of Duty Black Ops. Well, I, I, l- let me not talk about Black Ops because I don't know that much about it yet, so I recant that. But then Guitar Hero. Oh, we're going to add a slide bar that is kind of shitty to use, but everything else is the same. Oh, wait, drums. Yeah, too, that too. We're just going to do the same thing as Rockman. Oh, hey, the next game we're going to do the same thing, and we're going to add a story mode. We're just going to be the same thing. And the next game, we're going to do the same thing, but just have new instruments. But it's going to be the same thing. We're not going to change it up. You know? And you said Madden. There you go. Yep. So uh, it's Madden's like... it has been the same game for the past 13 years. Yeah. So uh, I'm not... Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Not even 13 years. No, I said Madden's been the same thing for the past 13 years. But I said, no, not even 13 years. Like, 23 years. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not going... I'm not trying to say that Inafune is, like, wrong. I'm just saying that I think it's interesting that he cites that as a concern, but... It's not unique to the Japanese market, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down those incumbent games that do not change. Um, and maybe he's strictly talking it about it from a an artistic standpoint that they're behind by five years. I don't know. Um, but the other thing that I thought was interesting is that in the same TGS coverage on GameSpot, I saw I scrolled down a little bit, and I saw an interview with the Deus Ex Human Revolution producer. And the blurb for that interview, as it was posted on the site, was Deus Ex Human Revolution. Human Revolution. Deus Ex Human Revolution has been a big hit at TGS 2010. Now, I don't know if that's strictly talking about the media response or if they had a demo of it for the public because TGS has been a public show. Um, Can I clarify on that one? Yes, please do, because I know you watched um, the video. There's no public demo for it yet. Uh, Oh, okay. They said they're working on getting that ready. So it's been getting a lot of, I guess, uh, media praise. Okay. Praise. Okay. So that that that's that slightly changes what I was about to say then, because what I was going to talk about was the fact that hey, you know, Deus Ex, a an an historically and almost rigidly Western game. It's like a Western RPG of Western RPGs. Mm-hmm. It, it it is a shooter. It is open. It is you know, it's got all these weird. It it's got a grid style inventory system it's a western rpg and you know japanese people are are are, it's a big hit in japan awesome so does that mean that japan is is now moving towards a a more western style of gaming or is it just that they're so sick and tired of you know clicking fight or tatakai and then clicking the enemy and then watching a spiky haired dude slash you know are they ready for that but with you saying that it's only a media thing maybe so far yeah uh, we'd have to wait probably a good couple of months once they get some gameplay and start bringing it out to the public. Um, but they, I mean, I don't know where its target market is because, granted, um, the you know Square Enix owns the company, so right, right. Are, is their target market going to be uh, Japan or America, or Europe? Because it's Eidos, right? 
Right. Well, I mean, I mean, the Deus the Deus Ex games, as I as at least as I have become familiar with them, are strict. Like, if you want to talk about target market, they're targeting. I mean, the the profile that they'd be targeting fits the description of someone like a Western RPG gamer. Um, that's redundant. Role playing game gamer. Uh, you know, so so, you know, I I don't know that Square Enix might would step in and be like, yo, so um, if you could put like a cutscene summon in there. That'd be great, you know. If the, he had like a nanotech thing that you know pulled forth like a big dragon that threw fireballs out of his nose, and and make sure that the summon takes at least twenty seven seconds to watch because they like that type of shit. That'd be great. Thanks. Like I don't think they're gonna go and do that to change the target audience, you know. Um, I, I, but but then then you see things like Vanquish. Have you seen any footage of Vanquish? I played the demo. Oh, you did. So oh, did you talk about it last week? And I just totally forgot. Nope, because I only did the tutorial, and I haven't been able to play it since because I I rarely turn on anything in my house. Right, but I I I feel like a game like a game like Vanquish that comes out. I see I saw footage of it, and it's very very much like this blending of cultures. You've got the cover based like big bulky dude that's like gunning down shit, combined with this insane like. Uh, Devil May Cry sensibility of style and, 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 you know, like, I'm cool, like, with the whole, you know, knee slide thing, and it's really fast, and, like, <laughs> the knee slide is everything is bombastic, and, you know, it's it's just, like, absurd. And I think, I don't know, I, I, I really hope that, that in, in Capcom, at least, no, this is a Platinum Games thing, right? In, yeah. in some developers' quest to make to take their Japanese culture and sensibilities and transplant them into Western-style games that um, that not only is the West accepting of it, but that the East is as well. I, I mean, I, the way that I see it is Japan has been responsible for so much that we enjoy in this medium. And to hear one of their you know key people who works for one of the key companies say that he thinks they're five years behind artistically – it it makes me a little sad, you know. I I don't and 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 frankly, I don't know that I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's crazy enough with it, and I'm just some dude. So you know, who what do I know? Um, but I I don't know. I I I would like to see. I, I would like them to if they need to catch up. I would like to see them catch up. And maybe maybe he is talking about it from the business side. I don't know the business numbers over there in Japan. I I've stopped paying attention to NPDs and 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 game sales and all that shit for a long time now. Um, well. Uh, I'll give you a quick um, sure. Go ahead. Recent yep. news bit that Pokemon Black and White came out and the, the numbers are like skyrocket. But what about they're, they're not, in the space? What about like not Pokemon? You know, like what about like uh, in the top ten? What about six, seven, eight, nine, and ten? Like how are they doing? Do you know? Um, not right now, but I can definitely give you some info on that in a minute. But okay. um, I do recall. Mm, I, I'll give you some numbers later. We'll move on. Uh, and so, Pete, do you have anything to say about this, or should I should I read off the comments that I got on this? Well, real quick, I was gonna say, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna pretend to understand, you know, Japanese like culture and like how like Japanese game players like perceive things, but it seems to me like the reason why they might be quote unquote five years behind is they just seem to they seem to be more like in a cyclical pattern or whatever, where it's like not cyclical, but like uh, like they go through phases, like it's like they'll they'll only move to the next thing when it's the next big thing 
Um, and then like uh, they'll iterate on that for a long time, or like just you know stick with that for a long time, and then jump to the next big thing. Whereas like in the West, we're constantly trying, like you know, uh, Western developers like every year are trying to push things as far as they can. Like, um, like uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a series or something or a game. Like I don't know, even just something Mir- like so uh, Mirror's Edge takes the first person game and puts it on its head. Totally yeah, well, see, the thing is, I wanted like something that has to say, okay. So, like, let me use Fallout Three for instance. Okay, that's, you know, d- developed by Bethesda and stuff, and you know, uh, coming off of like the, the Fallout Three was the big game af- for them after really uh, Oblivion, and they kind of took what they learned from Oblivion and like just like pumped it up as far as they can go, like to make this you know amazing world for Fallout Three. And now Fallout New Vegas is coming, and instead of just you know taking Fallout Three and like pretty much just just reskinning it in a Vegas thing. They're trying to push things further again, change up gameplay, change up stuff to like make it a more like a better experience. Whereas, uh, you know, I guess maybe that's what we in the West expect is like, you know, the next game in a series we expect it to, even if it's like just a few months later, we expect it to be that much better. Uh, whereas in Japan, they would just be like, they would expect it to kind of be, you know, the just same, what they've, yeah, what they've already, they, they expect it to just be what they loved about the first thing again. Um, and uh, I don't know. Like, it may, like again, I'm not like I said. I'm not sure if that's that's the way culture is over there or anything like that. Uh, but that's the way I perceive it. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, it is very circular, isn't it? It's yeah. I, I wouldn't say it puts them five years behind. It just it makes them stagnant until they like make the next big leap. Because I'm sure at some point some Japanese developer will make the next big leap, and then everyone will you know catch on or like latch onto that. And then, you know, just as we keep pushing forward, it'll just seem like they're dropping behind again. Right. I, I, I look at it and I think about, again, I think about Dragon Quest and I, I feel I get the sense of if they really change Dragon Quest drastically, millions of people will, like, throw down their DSs in disgust. <laughs> or anything. Dragon Quest is coming for Wii, so they'll throw their Wiis out the window. Right. But then again, <laughs> and on this side of the pond, like we get a lot of people who are just like, "Oh, the same thing again." But we also get a lot of people who are the same way, who are just like, "Why are you change? Oh my god, they changed it! I don't like it! Oh, Master Chief doesn't have a thing; it doesn't have a, a health bar anymore." Eh. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I don't think anybody's literally complained about Halo, but you know, it's just an example. You know, so again, it's like they 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 talk about issues that they're having there, and it's like, well, I don't see that as very much different from over here, so. Something else has got to be the issue. I, I just don't know. Um, but I feel like th- – and, and this is, I guess, why I still really, really want to own Final Fantasy thirteen, despite my misgivings based on what I've read about it. Um, and f- First of all, let, let, let me be clear. It's stupid to just be like, I read this about it. I'm totally not going to play it even though I'm really looking forward to it. Like I, I would have bought it anyways. It's just like I would, be, I would have a very reserved expectation of it. Um, but the point being that I, you know, I, I really o- at, was looking to play it, regardless of all the shit that has been said and that I actually happened to that happened to speak to me, is because they did go in there and be like, you know what, we're gonna totally fucking change this shit up, you know, enough of this, you know, tatakao, choose a magic spell and blah 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 blah. Like we're go- we're gonna do something strange, and if you don't like it, don't buy it. But we want to move things in a different direction, and that, you know. Regardless of what my opinion ends up being on the game, that is is very very much worthy of respect from from a lot of people. You know, I I, I think that um, well I hear things like that, and then I hear um, 
Well, see, the Devil May Cry thing, I don't know anything about the gameplay. I don't. I know that they're just rebooting it so that Dante looks like Gacht, but I, I don't know anything else about it. So I, I don't know. I, I, I will strike DMC from the record. Mm-hmm. Al, what have you found? Well, I found disparity. I'll tell you that much. Um, Pokemon Black and White in its first week sold two and a half million copies. The first next week? Game, huh? First week, you said? Yeah, first week. Uh, which was this past week. Um, the next game on the list is Front Mission Evolve for PS3, which is the action-based Front Mission. 51,000. And it just Wait, wait, down. wait, wait, wait. 2 million to 50,000? Yes. Holy cock. Wow, well, and there you go. Then you move on to number three is Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, which is uh, 45,000. Halo Reach is number four, 44,000. <laughs> Believe that? Halo Reach is in the top ten. Wow! Wow, that's that's something. And I do believe that that is the only American game. Yeah, the only American game in the top ten. Um, we Party is 36 or 35. I don't know. Would they, they fucking had fat fingers there, and they put 356,000, which obviously <laughs> is not true. So it's either 36 or 35,000. Um, then Monuniki Poka Poka Ailumura for PSP for uh, 28,000. One Piece Gigant Battle. It could be gigantic, but who knows. 28,000. And now from 28,000 to 9,000 is another new game that came out this week. Uh, Blue Roses Yoseto Aoi Itomi no Sensitashi. Who knows? Zentai Zentai Zipitabababa. Fuck your dog. Something about blue. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> word I really need. Oh, blue. Roses. Duh. Okay. Anyway, um... Then it's a Taiko no Tatsujin DS game, uh, 8,729, and then Mario Galaxy 2 is number 10 with 8,178. Um, what's also funny is that, uh, let's see, number 11, these, there are no numbers here, but number 11 is Front Mission Evolve for 360, where number 2 was Front Mission Evolve for PS3. Uh, well, that uh-huh. makes sense, because more people have PS3s in Japan than 360s. Uh, then the rest of the games are basically, let's see, Ace Combat, Join Assault, PSP, Trick X Logic Season 2, PSP, Monster Hunter Portable 2nd Generation, PSP, Wii Fit Plus, uh, a Japanese game for DS, Tomodachi Collection for DS, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for PS3 is number 19 over Mario Kart Wii. And that's still on the list. Yes, at number 20. Now, all of these games sold <laughs> under 8,178 copies. Jesus week. Christ. Huh. But at the same time, over here, like the games that sell big are the big names that everyone knows about. Yeah. Though, though I will say, I, I will say that, like, despite the big name thing, like I, I really want to play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, the multiplayer <laughs> well, assassin. Sure. Are you kidding me? Like that looks fucking awesome. And that, you know, that's the same big name, but it 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 adds something else that wasn't there before. It's not like the exact same game. Right. As and Assassin's Creed Two was not even the exact same. It's not game like as Assassin's Assassin's Creed Greenleaf White Hood or something. Green leaf white hood, but for real, yeah. It you know at least when it comes to certain franchises like that, they they do make an effort not to make it the exact same game. They have the same core, but it's got changes to make one look different enough than the other to not say oh like Madden two thousand, sorry, <clears throat> like Madden NFL ten, 
versus Madden NFL 11. Uh, I, I won't buy Madden NFL 11 because I have Madden NFL 10. I mean, I'm not going to be playing it against people online or anything. I'll play it every so often for, uh, you know, some laughs. But I, I'm not really into getting Madden every year. It just doesn't make any sense. It's the same fucking game. So I get it once every 10 years. <laughs> something popped years. into my head, and something that I, like, from my own personal standpoint, I kind of want to be clear about is that I'm not taking sides with regards to oh innovation is better oh no like doing the doing the same thing better is better i'm not taking sides i think a good game is a good game and i am perfectly willing to play the same game that was released last year if they changed things up like 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 a little bit god of war all right they don't really they they barely changed that game at all True. all the games the psp games the ps2 games the ps2 games are very very similar um, all they have are new design, new level designs, some new enemies or whatever, and that's okay. Like I, I know that a lot of you know a lot of people in the media, and some people who used to be in the media, like I would see blog posts saying like, "Is innovation really that important?" You know, because at the end of the day, it all comes down to exit. Sorry, Pete, <laughs> that was reflexive. It all comes down to execution, and what good is innovation if the game suffers for it? You know. Now, at the same time, like again, I applaud innovation. I'm just saying that there needs to be a balance there. Um, and if you're going to give me uh, God of War 5, it's the same thing, I'll play it. And that's not because it's like, well, I want things to stay the same. I don't want all things to, to stay the same, but I know that I'm getting something fun until it stops being fun, at which point I will stop playing it. Simple as that, you know? True. And I think that just to further embellish on that... Um, it's also not good to see a whole bunch of uh, games come out that imitate the same design, you know, without really any regard to changing up the mechanics or adding something new or giving you at least some kind of different flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Like, um, there are games that are like God of War, but they're so different that they are in a, not so different, but... In and of they themselves, are so they, unique. They have yeah. their own style, their own feel. Like, you know, Brutal Legend is almost like God of War, but you wouldn't right. say, "Man, that's God of War wannabe," because the atmosphere and the theme and everything is is just so unique to it. If God of War, you know, if Kratos was running around with a guitar, like bashing people in the head, and then Brutal Legend came out, then okay, well, there's another guy with a guitar beating people up, okay. But then I think about like something like Darksiders, and like maybe I didn't get Darksiders or Dante's Inferno because they were too much like God of War, right? When they actually aren't really, it well, when it just, actually isn't really, it's 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 too much like everything else, and that's why I want the game. What do you mean? It's it's God of War plus Zelda plus Devil May Cry. Which one? Uh, Darksiders. Oh yeah, I, I mean like just on first glance, like even Dante's oh, right, Inferno. right, yeah, no, right, is, you're right. It's different enough, but you look at it and you go. Well, I could just be Kratos. <laughs> I don't think it's different enough. I really don't think that's different enough. Like, I've seen extensive gameplay that I'm like, no. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm looking at Dante's Inferno, and I go, I'd rather be Kratos. Oh, I thought you said that it is different. No, like, no, very no. different. I'm okay. saying it's not. Uh, Pete, do you have anything to add to this before I go through the comments? No, go ahead. Nope. Okay, so Setho10 from GameSpot again says... Regarding the Japanese games, I think some developers, like the guys at Platinum, still have a finger on the pulse of the industry. I agree with that. While others, like those at Capcom, have kind of lost touch with what gamers outside of Japan want. 
outside of Japan want. It's sad because Capcom used to be one of the greatest developers in the world, but not but much of their talent has moved on to Platinum Games. Square Enix <laughs> is another company that has been trying to increase the Western appeal of their games, but isn't doing such a great job. Level 5, on the other hand, has made some amazing games that appeal to everyone worldwide. So I don't think that all Japanese developers are five, year, five years behind. I just think uh, a lot of them are. Personally, I think Capcom stuff has gotten worse this generation. I prefer DMC and Onimusha far more than Lost Planet or Dead Rising, which is an interesting for, thing, for him. Eh, which is an interesting thing for him to say because I feel like Dead Rising, despite its very like hardcore Japanese, like we're gonna fuck you in the ass and make you start this game over again because that's how hard this game is and that's what you need to do to level up, was was designed with some Western sensibilities in mind. Zombies. Mm-hmm. Masses and masses of zombies and hitting them over the head with guitars and shit, you know? And it's developed by a Western company. Lost Planet, I don't. I think that, that kind of still... They tried to make it too much like Monster Hunter, so to forget about that for a second. Um, and I actually don't prefer the old Onimushas. The old Onimushas were basically Resident Evil Sword mm-hmm. in Japan, and I hate tank controls. Now, that's not to say that I didn't like the games, but, like, I prefer the Onimusha that has full analog control over the, you know, over that one. Uh, that one. What am I saying? Over the old one. So, um, but, yeah, uh, interesting comment there. Uh, Atlas says, I can't, uh, regarding Inahune, I can't argue with the man. In my top 25 games of this generation, only four of them were made by Japanese studios. Two games from established fighting game franchises, Soul Calibur 4 and Virtual Fighter 5, and two JRPGs, Eternal Sonata and Tales of Vesperia. Handsome Dead says that guy is spot on. That guy, that guy is spot on. Though it says that a lot that it's a Capcom guy making the statement. They've been half and half on Western and Japanese game design for a while now, and it really does not work. Hack seven forty five says I like Japan's different approach to gaming. If all games were being made, I'm sorry. If all games being made were made with the Western development style in mind, there would be less variety, which is true. Mm-hmm. Any responses? Any of these comments before my um, homemade? Pop filter disintegrates because it's only Kleenex. Uh, I just in response to the final comment, I think that yeah, J- Japan's approach to gaming is certainly different than uh, the American approach. But whenever you see the same shit coming out of Japan, it kind of gets a little worrisome. And Japan's approach to gaming is different enough that if they came up with different ideas, different takes of things, it would then flourish into something even more varied which would be really cool so you know in essence it would really help everyone if japanese developers were to work a little bit harder on making games that kind of appeal to western audiences or worldwide audiences but at the same time uh put a little bit more effort in generating new ideas that they can work with because, of course, you can generate an idea, and it's a sucky idea, and it doesn't work anywhere. But, you know, it's up to them to be able to come up with an idea that, you know, maybe even throw it by some your your American arm and include them in it, as opposed to, you know, how they usually do. Where in Japan, they make all the decisions, they call all the shots, and then the Americans, they just have to follow the orders. Right. You know, it's interesting, like, it's it's very likely because I'm not there to witness it, but I, 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 you know, I take a step back and I look at this and I think this is all just overblown. I mean, overblown? yeah, like, let's take a look at it from our perspective, okay, what Americans are getting out of Japan. Persona is a fucking weird-ass game. Sure is. And, and you wouldn't have gotten it unless 
you know what I mean? It came out for PlayStation, but it was very obscure. But we really wouldn't have gotten on the massive love if it wasn't for Atlas. And yeah, exactly. And the other thing is that um in general, a lot of the things that are that that, that contribute and, and this is the last guy's comment, that contribute to our variety is coming from Japan. And I don't see the same thing over and over again. And so when when Inafuna says that they're five years behind and one of the reasons is that it's formulaic, again, all I can think about is, well, America is much more formulaic with its Call of Duties and consistent Tony Hawks, which no matter... That's all Activision, though. That's Bobby Kotick. Right. It doesn't matter, though, because it's still coming from America and it's still in the limelight. And so it, it, what I'm saying is, is not that, like, oh, all companies are doing this, but I'm saying that the biggest hitters and the ones that are being talked about the most and the ones that keep on coming out, you know, we still have that. We have a similar problem, you know. And, and the one thing that I think is different that, that I think we're doing well and that I don't know if Japan is doing well or if it's doing it at all is our indie gaming scene. I have not heard much about whether or not Japan nurtures it, whereas here I think they do a pretty decent job of talking, at least the media does, um, and, the, and, you know, festivals like, you know, the, uh, IGF, um, we do a good job of that. And that's what I think helps keep our variety alive. But in general, overall, I still think it's, it's slightly overblown because, like, you know, yeah, there are a lot of shitty games coming out. But I, I, I feel like from my perspective, and, and I say this about a lot of things to me because I'm old and I work a lot and I don't have time to play games. And, you know, a game takes me about seven years to finish. But I am not sitting here with a shortage of good games to play. And a good variety of games to play. So what I don't about know. A shortage of new games that you would like to purchase. Uh, I don't even really know because I haven't paid attention to it because I have too many old things. See, then that's also a factor, I think. Because... It, is, it is. It is certainly a factor. But I mean, all these all these games that I have 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 to have come from somewhere. And so a lot of games came from last year. A lot of games came from the year before. Those were only two years ago, and that's when people were still talking about. Oh, we don't have variety. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm sure if I were to go down a list, I would probably be able to pick out a, a good 10, 15, 20 games that are like, hey, I want that. It's different. Or, hey, I want that. It's good. Let me actually do that research while you guys talk about mollusks. So, well, we don't really have anything to talk about at this point because I'm going to wrap that gavel up. But talk about mollusks I, I'll just in, tell in you, octopi. No. What? Please. What? Um, Sharks. No. Ah. So, um, honestly. Just looking into just the, the near future, the end of the year. Uh, honestly, being very honest, I think I might get one game a month. Uh, I, I'm, I've definitely put myself on to getting Final Fantasy fourteen next week. And have uh, a, right. a, a, okay. a nice discount for it that's waiting to be applied. So that is good. Because I didn't want to pay fifty dollars for it, blah blah blah, because I'm cheap. Anyway, <laughs> um, October. What the hell is coming out in October? Um, Atlas is bringing oh, Nights in a Nightmare PSP October, uh, which yeah, is we party, basically Castlevania, we party. Lords of Shadow, NBA uh, 2K11. I'm just, I'm just reading out what's coming. I know, out. I know. I'm I'm giving my uh my gut reaction to each one. Oh, okay, so uh, NBA 2K11. Castlevania: The Lizard Shadow Limited Edition. Um, yeah. let's see what what else matters. Uh, Def I Jam. Have... I actually am kind of interested in getting Def Jam Rap Star. Really? Um, Final Fantasy IV: Heroes of Light. NBA That's, Jam. What is that? November, October. Do you have a date? October fifth. Okay, so maybe I'll get two games in October. 
But I'm uh, not getting any games in November. I don't know of any. Um, I don't think I'm getting Sleep. Kirby's Epic Yarn right now. When is that? I think that's October. October. Okay, so let's assume that's October. Uh, ooh, Lufia Christmas Initials. Is that going to be a sequel or a remake? I, I would like a I remake. I think it might be um, a remake. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, Kirby's Epic Yarn is October 17th because I got an email. Just from Dance 2. Um, Super Scribble Knots. That's um, November, right? Uh, October. This is all October. Uh, it's October. Oh, oh, yes. you're just reading an October list. Yeah, Medal of Honor, Lost, Lost Planet 2 for, oh, for PC. Um, Kirby's Epic Yarn, the 17th. Uh, Power Gig is coming out in October? Wow. Yeah. Uh, DJ Hero 2. Vanquish. So already, there's Vanquish, there's Epic Yarn. Uh, something I read up there, my short-term memory is terrible, but there are at least two more that I read up there that I want. Um, let's keep going down here. So, um... I wonder where all the that I that I would want are. if I didn't have a backlog, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, wh- where are the big holiday games, and are they any different than holiday games oh, from last year? Uh, the big holiday games are usually never any different because that's the one that the <laughs> masses flock to. But if we're talking yeah. about what I want, I already identified three or four in October alone. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not just buying them because I don't because I don't have money or time. Yeah. But if I did, sure, I guess. Rock Band three. There's, yeah, that's the only game that I'm guaranteeing, like that I'm going to be getting. Fable three. I would want Fable like, three if I had Fable two and I finished Fable one. I uh, want all these are almost all these are games you're listing. I like want most of them, but like Rock Band three is the only the one. The only one that, one that you're actually going to. In. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and and again, I, I do think that's slightly di- that's a slightly different question than what Al was asking, but still, that that does say a lot that you're only going to spend money on one thing. It's only because I can only afford so much. And oh, okay, that's if, fair. <laughs> if there's going to be a bundle, I'm going to want a bundle because I need a hardware upgrade. Right, right. Um, but, like, it's the one thing that I know I will consistently play for, like, you know, at least another year or something. Right. So, oh, November. Two. Hey, Al, for you, Cataclysm Pack is coming out in November. Cat- um, Cataclysm was announced for November? It says November, November for one. a while. Really? I mean, at least... According to uh, you know GameStop listings and stuff, it's been November. Yeah, but it hasn't actually officially been announced. So I don't believe anything. Isn't BlizzCon like in October too? Mm-hmm. I don't remember when it is. Yeah. God of War goes to Sparta. I'm gonna be peacing out, guys. I think we're you done, guys, anyways. Let's keep reading. Hey Pete, where do you live? Uh, just go to Riven.com. R y v v n.com. Ah. It right now it just goes to my Tumblr page, but I'm probably going to switch over to WordPress if, if oh, I... Oh, how, how emo and get... No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, audio surf video. Uh, just because, like, I, I would want to be able to feed, like, things from, uh, like, Flickr, YouTube, all that stuff to one page, so I think WordPress would probably be the easiest to do that with. Uh, easiest slash free. Um, and, uh, yeah, but so for right now, Riven.com goes to my Tumblr, and eventually it'll go to a, hopefully a better page. People call me a rat with wings. Interest. Oh, color. Oh, I remember when you took this picture. Okay. Yes, Riven.com slash Twitter. Uh, Al, where do you live? The hell uh, are you talking about? Rat with wings. <laughs> I'm reading your site. You don't even remember what you post? What? Hang on. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. XLM2K.blogspot.com. Dot com, um, dot com, dot com. Visit, read, and stuff. Blah. <laughs> visit, read, and stuff. Blah. Uh, and go to sharkversusoctopus.com. You have to put the www in front of it, www.sharkversusoctopus.com. The verses is spelled out. And go visit Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com, drfishypants.com, and... 
And email the podcast. Email the podcast. Mailbag at trygames.net. Thank you for the comments on the blogs, and thanks, Edu, for the email. Everybody email more. You're all assholes if you don't. Uh, also, go to gamingthemedia.com. Again, that's um, gamingthemedia.com website that talks about the gaming media and not gaming, which I think is an interesting thing to talk about. Um, you can follow them on Twitter as well. I believe it's uh, uh, Will underscore GTK and then Doc Brown. Doc Brown underscore GTM. Doc as in Doctor Z-O-C. There's another doctor. We got two doctors here. He's actually a PhD apparently. Anyway. By the way, you were talking about my comic. <laughs> yeah, it was. I totally forgot about that. Go to my page and you can scroll down and see a stupid little comic. It is stupid. It is little, but it's also a comic. <laughs> All right. So for Pete. Bye. For Alfie. Uh, World of Warcraft is looking enticing. <laughs> but I'm going to be your... playing Final Fantasy XIV. Wah, wah. I have been your host, Austin, and we are... <laughs> I said sperm.